to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself Today's quote is, Quiet the mind and the soul will speak, by Mai Jaya Sathi Bhagavati. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give your teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself, and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Dia Hitivali, and I'm your host for today's show. Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you would like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. We have an amazing show planned today all about meditation. In segment two, I will be interviewing Neil Lundgren, who has a PhD and is the author of Meditations for the Soul. In segment three, I will be talking to you about my own app I have de- developed called Keep Me Safe. And right now, I will be talking all about meditation. Meditation is a practice that originated from India and spread to nearby countries. Now, it is practiced all over the world. Not quite sure if you want to get into meditation yet? Well, let me offer you some benefits. The first main benefit of meditation is that it sharpens attention. Meditation is amazing at improving one's attention span. The coolest part is that an improved attention span is not short-lived. It lasts five years after you do meditation and mindfulness training. The second benefit of meditation is that it offers an improved resistance to stress. This is only... This benefit mainly comes to people who are more consistent with meditation. When people are exposed to psychological stressful situations, those who meditate have a reduced inflammatory response. This means that they get less stressed out during stressful situations. The fourth main benefit of meditation is it offers the person an improved compassion. There's a certain type of meditation that gives this to someone, and it's called loving-kindness meditation. It helps someone care better for others. The fourth type of meditation, um, the fourth type of benefit for meditation is improved relationships. A study with 88 couples measured cortisol, which is stress levels, before, during, and after a conflict. Those who were more mindful and meditated more often, their levels returned back to normal quicker after the fight, which basically means they were able to calm down faster. And as you can imagine, if you're able to calm down faster after a fight, your relationship is overall stronger. The fifth benefit of meditation is that it improves memory. 
A Harvard 2011 study compared those who meditated for 30 minutes a day for eight weeks. They had more gray matter in the hippocampus, and that is the part of the brain that is used for memory. The final benefit of meditation I'll be talking about today is that it can slow down neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's. A study shows that Alzheimer's patients who participated in meditation for eight weeks showed slower progression in their illness than those who didn't. Some of you may be wondering, what exactly is the loving-kindness meditation I mentioned earlier today? Well, loving-kindness meditation is a two-part meditation. In the first part, you think about someone who loves you very much and you imagine them being on your left side and imagine yourself receiving love from them. The second part, you imagine someone on, that you love on your right side and you imagine sending that love to them. As you can probably tell, this meditation is really good for building up compassion within yourself as well as also being, becoming a more loving and kind person, hence the name. The next thing, um, if you're wondering, it does meditation improve mental health? I know mental health is a concern of a lot of people, including myself, so my answer to that question is yes. It is quite good for your well-being, especially for ma managing anxiety or depression. This is because meditation both relaxes you and provides the brain with serotonin. The next thing you may be wondering, is there anything else I can do to improve my mental health besides meditation? Some things you can do to improve your mental health are exercising, eating healthy, sleeping a proper amount. These are all things that can help keep you physically healthy and in turn, these positively affect your mental health. Also, keeping gratitude through activities like journaling or yoga. Having gratitude is really important for mental health because thinking of things you're grateful for increases your happiness levels. The last recommendation I have to improve your mental health is spending time with people who, who uplift you, as well as spending time doing hobbies that you enjoy doing. How much should I meditate? If you're wondering that, unfortunately, there is no one-size-fits-all. I recommend experimenting with what amount of time, what time of day to meditate, all those different factors that work best for you. For me personally, I like to do a simple guided meditation for 10 minutes a day, the first thing when I wake up. If you're wondering, what should I do if I do not have time to spend an hour meditating every day? It's actually a myth that you need to spend so long meditating each day in order to have good results. Consistency is more important than the length of meditation. This means meditating for one hour a day for a week is not as beneficial as meditating for 10 to 20 minutes per day over the span of a few months. Even just meditating for 10 to 20 minutes a day is enough to bring significant benefits. Unfortunately, I am out of time for this segment. During the break, please visit our website at www.bethestarur.org. Continue listening for more as we interview Dr. Neil Lundgren in the next segment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Dia Hijivali, and today's show revolves about meditation. I'm so happy to introduce Dr. Neil Lundgren, author of Meditations for the Soul. He is a teacher, he uses the conversation of presence, reflective reading, and transformational energy work to help put students in touch with the sacred. Um, he's also a therapist, a former Benedictine monk, a poet, and a musician. Meditations for the Soul guides you on a journey through accessible meditations to help you experience the deep joy and fulfillment that comes when we live in the immediate and the irrefutable now. This book helps you reconnect your soul and strengthens your personal sense of purpose in life. With breathing exercises, visualizations, affirmations, and more, you will learn to incorporate ancient spiritual technologies, even in the midst of your busy 21st century life. We are so excited to have you on the show, Neil. Welcome to Express Yourself. It's great to be here, Dia. I'm glad to uh, be a part of this. Of course. Um, so my first question is, what inspired you to write this book on meditation for the soul? Well, what inspired me, Dia, is I, uh, I had, as, as the introduction states, I had uh, lived a life of a Benedictine monk for a number of years and learned how to meditate, and then I went into the world. I was a professional musician as well before that, and then uh, went into uh, private practice and psychotherapy and uh, married and had uh, children. So uh, I have a, a lot of experience in how to bring meditation into the world and also those challenges. Uh, and so I, I was inspired by that, that need. I felt the need of the world to, to learn a s- styles of meditation that I learned uh, while I was a monk, which was really about being, you might, it might seem a bit odd, but it was really about being in the, the, the world, whatever you were doing as a monk, whether you were uh, working in the fields or you were teaching or you were doing something very normal and regular in your day, you would be bringing that meditative sense, that, 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 that sense of inner quiet and listening. Silence is inner listening to your uh, practice. And so it was meditation in action. And so because I had practiced that for so many years, when I entered the world again, I realized how much I I needed needed that to remain centered because it's so easy to be pulled into a lot of the dramas that our mind creates and that our emotions create. And so when we get a meditation practice, we can learn more successfully how to uh, be stabilized in the midst of a, of a lot of drama. And I'm sure you understand that. Yes, that's really true. I found it really cool how in your life you've done so many different things. So I was wondering, um, what exactly is a, a Benedictine monk? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, a Benedictine monk, uh, the Benedictines were founded in the 6th century uh, in Italy, and they were monks that uh, have a very, very old uh, order uh, that uh, was based on uh, monks living together, and by the way, even there are male monks who live together and female monks who live in their communities. But in these early centuries, they wanted uh, uh, a way to, uh, in fact, the, the motto was Ora et Labora in Latin, which means meditate and work. And it was this uh, life of, of living close to nature, Dia, and uh, also learning how to bring a sense of silence to everything that you would do, whether working in the fields, uh, whether working as a, with the beekeeper or 
gathering um, maple syrup from the maple trees or apples from the uh, apple trees in the fall, etc. Uh, and, and they also taught and you studied as well. So it was a life of depth that, that one attempted to find this harmony with nature and live uh, from that place, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that does. So I was wondering um, how, so that sounds like very interesting how it's like a very peaceful life and stuff. So I was wondering how exactly you got introduced to the world. Were you living in the United States before or were you living in Italy? And like how exactly did you learn about all of this? Well, uh, my, my life previous to the monastery, Dia, I was a professional musician. And uh, basically, I loved it. We had a great uh, time doing it. We were we had a recording uh, contract with Capitol Records, etc. And we did concerts all over America. And we uh, had a wonderful, wonderful uh, journey. Uh, but what happened to me is I kind of burned out on it, and I I wanted some alternative because I was just uh, basically exhausted. Uh, myself, you know, uh, traveling and playing music and that kind of thing. So I, I, uh, I, I wanted to search for uh, for a quieter life, and so I found this uh, monastery in Minnesota uh, that was uh, founded in in Italy. So I didn't go to Italy, uh, but it was uh, the monastery was founded in the sixth century. But there were. Uh, uh, immigrant monks actually from Germany who came to Minnesota, founded a monastery. I found that place, and so uh, I was there for about seven years or so, and then uh, felt that I, after about seven years, I felt like I was called back to the world and uh, went into studies at Emory in psychology and spirituality and philosophy, and then ended up uh, going into uh, private practice uh, with um, uh, patients to help them um, achieve balance and harmony and how to deal with their fluctuating emotions and thoughts and depression and addiction and all of that. So I just entered that world, and I've been uh, practicing for many years as a, a psychotherapist. Oh, and I bring really... mindfulness to, you know, the the practice of meditation is central to the work that I do. Okay, so uh, I think that's really cool how you go wherever your soul is guiding you. So if you... <laughs> that's like, true. It, yeah, if you feel like stress, then you go to peace. And then after you feel like you found peace, then you can go back into the world. So my next question is, what inspired... Oh, wait, I already asked that, sorry. Um, how is your book different than others on this topic? I think uh, where um, my book, I hope, gives a contribution uh, to the field, Dia, is that the book really wants to bring uh, the meditative life into the body, into the senses. And so what I found as a monk were... Uh, when I when I would meditate or I would go out in nature, all my senses were alive: the sense of smell and taste and and touch, um, um, the sense of sight. And so, what I found in in years of meditation is that the soul has its own senses, dear. It has its own sense of hearing, in terms of tuning in, tuning into a higher vibration. It has a sense of taste in terms of savoring uh, experience. It has a sense of sight in terms of insight or intuition. So all of these uh, senses of the soul, once they're channeled into the body with the five senses that that we have, uh, the physical senses, life becomes more alive, more vital. And so what I, what I hope my book, uh, gives is a is is a connection between the mind and the body, not a disconnection. Oh, okay. Now I I think I'm going to actually read your book because sometimes I feel like 
um, like in my like during my day, I get like really like caught up in like just what like just like just like boring stuff. So then I feel like like when I go outside after like just spending my whole day in school, I feel like wow, I, I kind of forgot I had all these senses. So yeah, I think um, that book will help me in that way. So yeah, um, yeah, and just simple awareness, dear. Uh, in other words, when you when just especially connecting to nature, make sure that you find some green space. And wh- one of the meditations that I teach is as opening each sense for about five minutes. So if you're taking a walk in the park or any kind of green space, especially even on a hiking trail, but but just open open your sense of sight and. And really tune into that and focus with your breath, because that's very important, to bring the breath uh, down into the abdomen, placing the tongue behind the upper front teeth, inhaling using the nose as a ventilation system, inhaling through the nose, and as you do that, the diaphragm descends and then your belly extends, and then as you breathe out, the diaphragm ascends, uh, and so that 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 deep breathing actually reduces stress. You see, it reduces stress, and you stop creating a lot of cortisol and adrenaline that can drain you. So what happens when you deep breathe, and then you you relax, but you're very very alert. So it's not like you're just totally relaxed and then you're not thinking. Uh, well, you're not thinking. You're being, and. And so uh, the breath is very important. And then you open each of the five senses, sense of smell, taste, touch, hearing, etc. And you do that for about five minutes each. And then you open all of the senses and just let them um, just be grateful to, to be alive and feel the world around you uh, more uh, directly, more immediately. And then you're more present, dear. So this is one way of practicing the presence. So you're aware of more of sensation than you are aware of your thoughts of the future or your thoughts of the past, because that's where we get all hung up. We, you fly into the future and then you're worried, or you, you get pulled to the past in regret, or you're, re, you're resentful about something that someone did to you, etc., so when you just connect with the breath and then connect with the senses, you're present. And when you're present, you feel more joy, you feel more alive, and you feel more love. And you have less judgments toward others. So the key in meditation, and in my book I also deal with seven yogas, that the yoga, yoga is really about uniting what's uh, divided in the self. That's what yoga really means. And so, uniting the the mind and the heart, uniting uh, yourself with nature, uh, and also uh, looking to unify, looking for the common thread that you can see in the variety of cultural traditions and thoughts and ideas, opening opening, opening your mind and opening your heart to see this common thread. What can unite, uh, what can unite us as, uh, as human beings rather than what can divide us? And then we, we can look at that. Then you can also find your special soul's gift because you have a gift and it's important for you to find it. But you're not going to find it unless you can be authentic and being authentic is being your genuine self, and your genuine self, do you know who knows the key to that? Your soul. Because your soul is your authentic self. Your soul is your non-judgmental self. Your soul is your most alive self. And so once you can get in touch with that, then you can find uh, and live so deeply in all of your purposes. And you're right. Because I've connected to my soul uh, for a lot of years, sometimes my soul just leads me on another path. And I take that path with all my heart. And that is interesting. So if you want to live an interesting life, follow your bliss, as Joseph Campbell said. Follow your soul. Follow your genuine self. And life will be always interesting. 
Yeah, that's um, that's really interesting. So, um, if someone wants to like be very in touch with their soul, um, how do you recommend they can do that? That's a great question. So, if one, someone wants to get in touch with their their soul, how do I recommend they do that? Well, I offer a first exercise idea, and this is if you want to connect with your soul, one of the first direct ways to do it is to connect with the soul's sense of touch. Think about, and the soul sense of touch is different than the physical sense of touch, which is obvious, right? Where you feel fabric or, you know, you feel wood or you feel a, a piece of, uh, you feel a stone, etc. But the touch of the soul is about being touched by someone who gave you kindness or you gave someone else kindness. So how you get in touch with your soul is first got to find a place, a quiet place to to be. Now, you can do it when you're walking in the park in green space, etc., but it's important to have some quiet space. And then what I, in my book, I give a... Um, an exercise in finding your breathing room inside of you. It's kind of, think of, imagine that it's somewhere between, it's in your chest, somewhere between your heart and your, and your mind, but closer to your heart. And that breathing room is that inner spaciousness, but it needs quiet for the lights to go on, okay? So you, you deep breathe, as I shared with you uh, earlier, and you just breathe in, breathe in, Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out, and especially through the nose. Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the nose. And then think of, think of someone who either you touched by you touched them in kindness, or you were touched by someone else with kindness. And then you bring your awareness to the breath, adding the ingredient of kindness. And when you add that ingredient of kindness with awareness, with your mind focused on the sensation of your breathing, that activates what I call warm or kind consciousness. And you connect immediately with your soul if you give it a little time. Okay, thank you. I think I'm going to try something like that because I want to become more in contact with my soul and stuff. And mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes I do feel like, um, yeah, sometimes I do feel like uh, I'm not so in contact with my soul because I feel like, like sometimes I just feel like distant from myself, if that makes sense. So I think meditation, I actually do meditate sometimes, but Recently, I've not been as consistent, and I feel like my, um, like my, like I'm still happy, but I'm just like, I feel different, like I feel distant from myself, so, yeah. Um, the next question I have is, you said that um, in the intro introduction of your book, you recommend establishing a breathing room before we meditate, so can you explain how this helps with the meditation process? Yes, the, 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 the breathing room. So establishing the breathing room is, is fun because, um, and that's another way that you can connect with your soul. Because what you want to do is, and in my book, I, I give three different ways to utilize the, uh, your mind so that you bring your mind closer to your soul. So the breathing room is a great technique because that's an in a place, again, and, and when you close your eyes, you create this breathing room inside of your, of, your, of your mind and inside of your heart. Think that it's located somewhere between your, your head and your heart, right in the middle uh, of your, of your uh, chest, okay? And what you do is you uh, just bring any any kind of wonderful image that, that gives you a sense of joy and a sense of peace, color your breathing room. You can be simple, it can be complicated, it can be elaborate, or it can just be a cool place that's, 
that's in the forest or on the beach or somewhere that gives you a sense of joy, but it's inside of you. So once you you create that breathing room, that's the place where you kind of take off in a way, and that's the place where you return. So it's the place where you start because that's your safe place. It's the place that Dia only you know how it's colored and what's there, and you're there. You're inside that breathing room, okay? And then you begin the deep breathing or the gradual breathing, and then you begin to connect uh, with your soul through the senses, the soul sense of touch, as we talked about, the sense of awareness and the sense of kindness coming together. So whenever you're, you're being pulled, dear, to... Uh, your thoughts of the future, what class you have, or what, where you're supposed to go that night. Don't worry about that. Don't think that you can't meditate just because your mind is being pulled to the future of what you're going to do. Everybody does it, even advanced meditators. And so when you think of when you pull to the future, just come back with your awareness to the breath and to your breathing room and just go come back to that um, awareness, bring that awareness to your breathing, to the sensation of your breathing. And by doing that, you, you will sort of derail the, your, your mind's tendency to jump into the future. And then it also likes to jump into the past or be pulled into the past. We jump into the future, we get pulled to the past. And so uh, when that happens, just recognize it, see it, Say, okay, thought or feeling or name it as future or past, and then return, return, return to the breath, to the breathing with your awareness. And I have said awareness a lot because it's not thinking. It's just being with yourself, with your breath, with your awareness. And then a lot of the soul senses can begin to come alive. And in, in my book, I, I, I go through each of the senses and how we can activate those, the senses of the soul, and then how we can channel those through our body and become more alive, but more tranquil, more peaceful, and more clear about what we're, why we're here in the world, because that's the key. So what, the key reason why I wrote this book is to connect uh, people more with their sense of purpose. Why are you here? Who are you? Where are you going? What contribution do you wish to make? Uh, it's important to sort of bridge your passion with the needs of the world. So when, when my passion can connect with one of the needs that the world has, it, 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 it makes me happy and it makes the world happy. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. So, essentially, a breathing room is, um, it's like a safe place in your mind that you can return to if you ever want to, like, ground yourself in the present moment. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. It's just that safe space within that, that, that can ground you in the present moment, and then it's a place that you can... Be with yourself and also to be with that deep part of you, that, that part of you that's your real self and that's your soul. And, you know, all of this noise and all of these obligations that we have and everyone telling you what you're supposed to study, what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to think, et cetera, et cetera. This practice is a way, an ancient, ancient practice that can bring you to who Dia is and what's important for her. And so that you've got to get inside of yourself and find that safe space within you and then begin to turn the lights on uh, of your soul. And once you begin living from the perspective of your soul, guess what happens? What happens is you, you, you come out of, of, of this positive space. You're, you're, you look at things in a more positive way, and even sadness in a positive way. You let people be. They can be sad. They can be mad, glad. It doesn't matter. And you can be. You make peace with yourself. You can be sad, mad, you know, glad. doesn't matter because that's 
what you're going through. You're going through that emotion. But by learning a sense of, of, of listening, and that's true silence, Dia. Uh, true silence is not the absence of noise. It's listening. Listening. Listening to the silence that is at the ground of all creation. It's, it's, that, it's that sound in nature, that hum. And you, you will begin to become more sensitive with your soul to what's really going on the, in the universe. And it's amazing. And you will bring that vibration. You'll raise your vibration. And so when you connect it in the world and you feel sort of a negative vibration or a positive, you'll know you'll be more conscious. And the reason why you'll be more conscious is that your soul knows. Your soul always knows. It knows if it's in a positive vibration or a negative, and guess what? It also knows how to bring its positivity to an environment that might have some negative vibration to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, so for the last part, um, so you're saying that the souls have positive and negative vibrations. Like That's pretty similar to the law of attraction, right? Absolutely. It's the law of attraction. And, uh, and there are different laws, by the way, and, and that's a law of the soul. So the, the law of attraction is, you know, if, if, I'm, if, I, if I'm in a negative space, I can attract negativity. But if I'm in a positive space, I can attract positivity. Now, sometimes the negative likes to, you know, test the positive energy that I have. But you're right. The law of attraction is very, very powerful. And there are other laws. Uh, and that's in my follow-up book, uh, Guide Map for the Inner Traveler, where I look at the soul's laws. And one of those, one of the great laws is the law of attraction. There's also the law of abundance, the law of plenitude. There's the law of rhythm. Uh, it, it gets pretty exciting. And there's a law of vibration. So, okay. Uh, but, yeah, the law of attraction is very, very important to become sensitive to. And that law, the soul knows better than any, um, um, better than anything is that law of attraction, because the soul is attracted to positive, to, to, to the positive, not the negative. Yeah, exactly. I think that after I learned about it, I started trying to make more changes and try to, um, like, become a lot more positive, and I feel like I just imagined myself with the stuff I wanted, and I feel like it slowly made its way towards me. So that strengthened my belief in the law of attraction. But I'm actually not very familiar with the other laws of the universe, like um, like the law of abundance. I was wondering what that is. Uh, well, the law of abundance uh, is very interesting because a lot of times you know, we... we we actually are, are material. I divide between the, the material mind and the mind of the soul. We almost like have two minds within us. And the material mind uh, kind of believes in lack. It believes that something bad's going to happen. The other shoe's going to drop. Or, oh gosh, you know, this bad thing is going to happen to me. Or if something uh, happens that we don't like, we, we just, we, we, we feel, we, we just feel worse. But the, the law, the law of, um, abundance says that abundance will always come, especially if we're willing to let go of what we think we we want. Just letting go. What happens is the law of abundance always brings a magnificent gift your way. Have you ever found that? That right when you were sad or you didn't think something great was going to happen, and then out of the blue, someone yeah. that you, a friend called you or, or something cool happened, and it was this, this is how the law of abundance operates. It is that the law of plenitude, that fullness is around every corner and fullness is everywhere. All we have to do is sometimes empty ourselves a little bit in order to receive it. Because if we're already full, how do we have abundance? So it's important to live lightly with the world, to not hold on to it so tightly. And when we learn to do that, the law of abundance will just uh, will activate and the soul will bring abundance to you. The abundance of what? 
the abundance of friendship, the abundance of love, the abundance of uh, um, fulfillment in your career in, or in a vocation that you, that you want to uh, uh, increase your skill in. Uh, abundance is around every corner once we connect with our soul. Yeah, that's actually, now that you mention it, that's something that's happened like many times for me whenever I really want something and then it seems like I'm not going to get it. So I just like, I'm like, whatever, I just like focus on something else. And then like the next week it'll happen. And that's happened so many times, but it's so interesting how there's actually like a name for that. And so do you recommend that if you really want something to just kind of like let go of it and not think about it as much, that sort of thing? Well, it depends upon what it is, but definitely there's an old saying, the, uh, and I like what you're saying, I think you're right on, is, is it's, it's important to not push the river. In other words, you know, certainly if we want something, we need to go through the steps to um, gain what we are seeking. So, this, that, so that, that can be appropriate. But do you ever get into a place where you really want something, but it's like you're over-controlling it and, and it's, it's something beyond your, your, your capacity, that, that maybe it's just not time right now. But the law of abundance says when it's time, it'll come your way. So it's about it's sometimes having the patience to wait and to say, okay, let, just let that law of abundance come. So it's not about being totally passive or necessarily putting it out of your mind, but certainly don't let it bring you down. Don't let it get you into a negative space because it might just be happening at a different time in different space and it's waiting to happen, but it can't right now. And so the universe has to sort of design uh, some pieces to happen before it can come to you. But trust that whatever is coming your way, and that's the law of karma, and that's another uh, discussion, uh, whatever is coming your way is going to come your way. And, that, and there's also the law of destiny. There's so many different laws, uh, and these laws are connected to nature. Nature works on abundance. Nature works by the law of attraction. Nature works by the law of vibration. These are the laws of nature. And that's another piece that's very important in my first book and second book is we need to get in touch more with nature because our soul is actually more geared and more has the same operating system as, as the earth uh, more than it does technology. And so when we can connect with the, with the rhythms of the earth and really grow a kinship with the earth, then our soul totally comes alive and all of these laws begin to uh, be activated and we cultivate them. And uh, it's not that technology is a bad thing. Technology is a wonderful thing, but it can also stress us out and disconnect us from our soul. So we have to uh, uh, we have to learn how to use technology and also how to take a break from technology. Yeah, that makes sense because I've noticed in myself a lot of the times when I spend a lot of time on social media, I feel like I just don't feel like the best version of myself. But then, like, like if I just delete it and don't go on it, like a lot for a week, it makes myself feel like a lot happier and a lot like more like more in the moment and like more present that's wonderful yeah you, you put I, I i think you're exactly right i mean i take breaks and you have to hit the the pause button hit the reset button you know uh go offline unplug and by doing that, because, you know, social, social media, that's wonderful to be able to connect, and we have friends, and we learn so many things about the world, and, and uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful way to connect. But what can happen is we just get filled with all of that, and, what I, and I think you're right. Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever we're u- utilizing, it, it, we can, it can almost project a false part of ourself or a fake part of ourself. And we're looking at others and 
They're projecting, oh, this is so great, and we're doing this, and we're doing that. And we begin to wonder, you know, looking at all these selfies, you know, of people having this great time, you know, but some of them are falling off of mountains or whatever. But the the bottom line is, what is that about? Is that about the soul, or is it about the ego? Is it about the mind of the soul or the material mind? Is it about who we really are, or is it... Is that person we're projecting who we think other people will like? And to connect with your soul is you connect with you. You connect with the real you. And in order to do that, you've got to take a break from social media. And the more breaks you can take from it and just use it as a tool, Tia, use it as a, as a, as a tool for your life, but make sure um, that you take time for quiet. Thank you. Take time Thank you so much to nurture but, your soul, okay? Yes, that that's actually um, something that I will be using. And thank you so much for our conversation today about your writing journey and meditations. I learned so much about um, about like stuff I can apply to my own life and a lot about the universe. But unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment. Listeners, please be check um, be sure to check out his website at www.neolundgren.com. You have been listening to Express Yourself. Show your love for more segments by donating to Be the Star You Are charity, and keep listening for more in segment three. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Dia Hitivali, and I'm so excited to be talking about an app that I have developed called Keep Me Safe. It is a voice recognition-based app that helps a user in times of need. So the first thing you might be wondering is how does Keep Me Safe work? Essentially, all the user has to do is press the green button on the home screen called Activate Keep Me Safe whenever they feel unsafe. Our voice recognition software will listen to the user, and if the user says the keyword, help, it will play a loud alarm sound to scare away the attacker. Also, when Keep Me Safe is activated, our app will start tracking the user's location. And if the user says, help, it'll send a ready-made text message to 911 with the user's location. So what inspired me to create Keep Me Safe is one day in January 2020, um, so last year after school, I came across a news article that talks about how this 14-year-old girl from my city had been abducted by three men and was raped twice. This story really, really bothered me because I have heard of stories like this before, but especially because she was around my age and she lived from my city, it really bothered me and it stayed in my mind for a couple weeks. After doing more research on her exact story, I learned that that girl actually texted her friends through Snapchat 
and her friends from there found their location, her location on Snapchat maps and called the police. And this really bothered me because I just thought this whole process was so long and there has to be a faster way to do all this in a shorter amount of time. So hopefully her and other girls in the same situation could be saved before anything really bad happens. So I started brainstorming ideas and from there my idea from Keep Me Safe was born. I didn't really do much with this idea for a few months, but um, after the COVID pandemic happened and I found myself with a lot of time, I actually looked into the process of creating an app. When I was younger, I always thought the idea of creating an app was cool, but I have never really taken computer science until that year, so I thought that now was a great time to start building it. So the way I came up with what exactly I wanted the features and Keep Me Safe to do was I first um, realized that since I wanted to keep me safe to save women in dangerous situations, I didn't want it to be like other safety apps where the user has to press a bunch of buttons in order to get help because I find that that is counterintuitive. So I wanted it to be more intuitive to the user. What naturally happens to someone when they're in danger? Most people would scream the word help. So I thought that incorporating voice recognition into my app would make it more useful to the user in dangerous situations. The second thing I wanted to make sure of is that 911 had all the details they needed to help the user. This is why I enabled location tracking in my app. Finally, I wanted to make sure that my app also helps the users in the moment from the assaulter. Because 911 does take time to come, I wanted to make sure that the user has help in that moment. So what I did is I made a loud alarm that is triggered upon the user saying help. So wherever they are, if they're in public, more attention is drawn towards that user. Because I see that in a lot of cases, a lot of passerbys will just ignore the situation. So I wanted to draw as much attention to the situation as possible. I also thought that there are some really important secondary features that I personally would have found helpful in a safety app. So I wanted to incorporate this into Keep Me Safe. One of these is an option to anonymously report sexual assault. So what I did for that is I have RAIN. Um, RAIN is the National Anti-Sexual Assault Organization. So I have its hotline linked under the report section of my app. There's also a learn section of my app. So that's where the user can browse articles related to this topic. There's a bunch of articles related to self-defense techniques, um, how to stay safe in dangerous situations, as well as how to stand up to rape culture. I then got to developing the apps. This process was pretty time consuming and honestly, it was really frustrating at times, but I would find that whenever I got to a place where I was really, really frustrated and I wanted to quit, then literally the next day or the next like day after that, I would like fix it and it would that's what kind of motivated me to keep going. So in that sense, it, the journey of building the app was quite rewarding. And through research, I was able to learn so much about app development. It's crazy how there's so many resources on the internet that it can literally take someone who's never built an app before to basically be able to build an app that before I thought was like too complex that was something out of my capability. So if so for more details about the struggles I faced, honestly, I feel like I struggled on each part I developed and this is mainly just because it was my first time building an app. The first thing was just getting used to the app development platform. That was something that was really confusing to me. And even what other app developers consider to be simple, like designing the, the user interface, I found that to be quite confusing too. So um, yeah, so, if, so even if it's something that like other people find simple, it's okay to struggle with it at first because that's just completely normal for something that you're new at. And then I also faced a lot of struggles with implementing outside APIs because for the voice recognition, I wasn't sure, first of all, which one to use. And then the second part, I was like confused on how to implement it into my app. 
But after I was able to figure out the voice recognition part, enabling the things like location tracking and the sound for the alarm was like more simple. So um, once I finished Keep Me Safe, I first submitted it into a competition called Technovation Challenge. And that's a, um, basically a business and app competition that just in- encourages young girls to go into the world of technology. And I placed in that as an international semifinalist. And it was a really cool experience. It was all virtual because it was um, during COVID, but it was still cool seeing all the other apps that girls my age made. I also submitted um, not the app itself, but the app as a business to a business competition called DECA. And um, this was around the fall. So it won in, sorry, it was around the winter. So it won in the States and it qualified for the international conference. And that's actually this week. So that's something that I'm looking forward to. And the last thing I did is I submitted it into the Congressional App Challenge and it ended up winning. And this was actually a really great um, thing that I'm really glad happened because it gave me so many great opportunities. I got an interview with Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren and she gave so many suggestions and ideas for the app. And also two weeks ago, the news station ABC7 Bay Area wanted to cover my story. So of course I said yes, because that's a really cool opportunity. And it ended up going on the national news. So it went on ABC7 New York and a lot of other nations. So it also got, oh yeah, and it also got tweeted about by the San Jose Chief Innovation Officer. So that was all like very inspiring. So it made me want to keep continuing to build my app and to make it more public and other people. So being on the news definitely helped publicize Keep Me Safe. And it was really exciting to see because in the one week where it went on the news, it started at 50 because before that, I mainly just introduced it to like my friends and family. And it spiked all the way up to 2,200. And this also opened up a lot of opportunities such as being invited on a podcast and also opened up a lot of partnerships with prominent organizations. So currently what I'm working on in Keep Me Safe is last week um, I did a lot of bug fixes based on the reviews I've gotten. Um, There's a lot of bugs that I wanted to fix. So most of the bugs are fixed in my app. So the next two weeks I want to improve a lot of Keep Me Safe features such as improving the voice recognition, making the alarm louder, and wanting to add a lot more articles and resources into the app. And after that, I want to expand Keep Me Safe and start forming partnerships with other businesses and just get a higher user base. I'm also in the process of building my second app, which is an allergy detection app that uses artificial intelligence and image recognition. So what it does is it scans a meal, classifies it, and procures an ingredient list that the user can look through to make sure it does not contain allergens. So um, along this journey, I built up knowledge for technology and app development. And it also taught me the importance of persevering and never giving up even when it's something that seems impossible to do. So make sure to download Keep Me Safe for free on the iOS app store. It's the one with the pink logo. And also follow Keep Me Safe on Instagram at Keep Me Safe app. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. Thank you so much for listening to Super Smart Sundays here on Express Yourself. Please support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs at bethestarur.org. Please consider a donation. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh, and thank our guests from all across the world. And a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Embrace technology, meditate daily, and remain human. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself.
Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself go.